Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the Highly Recommended Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Josiah. With me as always is Daniel. What's up, Daniel? What's going on, man? How are you? Solid. Good. Yeah. Good. Did you have a good Father's Day? It's pretty good, yeah. I had to work, but it was fine. Still had fun. What, what about you? Uh, it was good. It was, uh, you know, what you would expect from a Father's Day. So, uh, had a good morning with the family. Uh, they got me some cool stuff for my, my office desk at work so that I have up-to-date pictures of uh, the wife and kiddo. And nice. then I found myself at 8 o'clock last night running to Walgreens to get suppository so my kid will poop. Oh. I mean, that is <laughs> that is the life of, of a dad right there. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean. It, so did everything, I'm, I'm saying this <laughs> Did everything, come, did everything out okay? come out all right? <laughs> uh, it did today. Yeah. Took I a really little while. Need, I don't need you to answer that question. <laughs> I mean, do you want shape, color, joke. consistency? How do you want, how do you want to go down the road? <laughs> I think I'll pass on all of those. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. You want to go ahead and get into our uh, movie for today? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so last, last <laughs> week. Nothing faster to get us on track than talking about poop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So last week we talked about uh, what was last week? Con Air, right? That's right. A ridiculous action movie. And uh, by the I way, told, Nicolas Cage has a new movie coming out. I saw that. I saw the trailer Pig. he sent me. It looks interesting. <laughs> it looks like a Nicolas Cage movie, does it not? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So hey, maybe we'll review that when it comes out. You know? Maybe so. <laughs> we'll see. I think it's coming out like in a few months, isn't it? Um, a couple weeks. Yeah, okay. So, we'll see. We'll see if it's worthy of it or not, you know. Okay, so but this week we're not talking Nicolas Cage. We're not talking a ridiculous action movie from the 90s. We're talking about Spotlight, which I think came out in 2015. Was it 15? Yeah. And so last week I recommended that at the end of the show. You watched it over this past week, so we're going to talk about it. Let's start with your preconceived thoughts. Have you ever heard of this movie? No. Did you know anything about it? Not what did you clue. think it was about? Honestly, you hear the term spotlight. My thought was going to be something with stage or acting or music or something like that, right? Someone getting the spotlight. Not yeah. even close. I, I mean, I didn't know who was in it. I'd never heard of it. Gotcha. Okay, so let me get into why why I recommended it, and then we'll jump into what you thought about it and talk through the full review, all right? Sounds good. Okay, so Spotlight, I remember seeing this movie. I don't think I saw it in theaters, but it was hyped up because it was it was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture and maybe like a Best Script or something. And then it won Best Picture, and so I was like, ooh, I need to go back and watch it. So I watched it, you know, on Netflix, and I really, really enjoyed it because I'm not the kind of guy that likes based-on-true-story movies a lot of the times. I have a few that I like, but there's a good amount of them that are pretty – like Holly, it, it's like so Hollywood, if that makes sense. Like over dramatized stories that aren't really close to the original story, just for I, the sake of the attempt to be artistic at the expense of the story. Yes, yes, yeah, Cut, yeah cutting or adding to the story to make a better movie, which mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I don't like it a lot of times. Um, right. But this movie, it felt very real. You know, it didn't feel like a big Hollywood production. There wasn't like crazy thriller endings or anything like that. It's just straightforward movie. And, um, I really enjoyed the, the directing. I really enjoyed the acting and really it's more of like a, an overall cast acting. Like it's not like somebody stands out as best actor. Like they all kind of do really, really well. And they're not like the scenes aren't written for 
hey, let's have a big moment here for an Oscar type shot. It's all working towards the story and all builds the story. It doesn't really focus too much on one actor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel a lot of Oscars do for better or worse, sometimes for better. Um, so, so yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a really good one. It's also a movie that not a lot of people I don't think have seen. And, and it's a fairly new movie, you know, I think 2015, right? Yep. And so, um, I thought you should watch it. I thought you'd like it. And so I wanted to take a turn from, from our ridiculous Nicolas Cage and drop back into some depressing topics. We went from Lord of the Rings to Con Air to Spotlight in three weeks. Yeah. What a way, what a roller coaster of emotions, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you are not wrong. Yeah, you're cheering one week, you're also kind of cheering one week, and then you're kind of crying or emotional during Spotlight. I feel it's a very like emotional, you know, movie. Um, all right, so that's kind of the general why I recommended it, and so let's get into what you thought about it overall. Okay, uh, overall, I thought it was an incredible film. Uh, I mean. It is a very difficult topic to broach, mm. um, you know, to to even attempt to cover something like this as it actually happened. It's it's interesting, right? Because the idea of the Boston Globe doing what they did was extremely bold. And I think to put a movie on top of it and tell it accurately is also very bold because you're bringing something back to the, no pun intended, spotlight of a very dark time in the Northeast, right? Mm. In ter- at least in Boston and uh, kind of uh, that area up there, yeah. right? Boston, Pennsylvania, in in that area. And I can't imagine, you know, living living that down once and then having to live it down a second time, like just living in the area. Um, but to be able to put it into a, a film and put the actors behind it that can create the suspense and drama that they did Mm. was absolutely epic. I could not, I could have not enjoyed it more. And when I say enjoyed it, obviously you don't enjoy it from the perspective of, of the topic, but it is a story that needs to be told, which is exactly what the story is about. For sure. Yeah. And I think it does a really good job of telling the story through like, like on paper, this sounds like it would be a boring movie. Like you have a bunch of journalists going out and doing yes a lot and of, no, but a lot of it is like a lot of paperwork, a lot of like finding out little things here and there, a lot of talking to people. Like, what it, do you think could, I do for a living? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're you have a boring job, I would say. I, I hate you so much. <laughs> it is not boring at all. <laughs> I'm sure it's not to you, but everybody mm. else in the entire world probably. I uh, but I, I just feel like the topic of it's not like my point is it's not like you're following detectives a on a case. Yeah, you're yeah. not following det- detectives uh, investigating the case. It's these investigative journalists who work for the Boston Globe, which seems like, oh, it's a newspaper. Like, that's boring. That sounds pretty boring. How are you going to make that entertaining? You know, but they, I think they did a pretty good job, you know. I think they did a fantastic job of creating suspense of flipping through paper. I mean, they yeah. really did. I mean... And, you know, it's hard being part of the Boston Globe to to your point. This is not the actual detectives doing the initial crime discovery. This is a media outlet trying to get a story, which is probably harder, hmm. to, especially to be able to tell it and tell it accurately. All right. So let me uh, read off the summary and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit after that. 
From IMDb, the true story of how the Boston Globe uncovered the massive scandal of child molestation and cover-up within the local Catholic archdiocese, shaking the entire Catholic Church to its core. So pretty, you know, pretty good summary, I feel. It pretty much mm-hmm. describes the movie. I mean, it's about the Catholic Church and, and all the sexual abuse and all the cover-ups and all that that happened. And, you know, they started... Their team is called Spotlight on the Boston Globe, Mm -hmm. and they, instead of doing like little stories here and there, they do a, like, they take a year or around a year and they do deep dives into a story. They they have a new uh, editor that comes to the city who's not from the city, and so he's wanting to like really go in depth on this story, and, you know, Spotlight eventually starts doing the story about it, and all the stuff unfolds after that. Um, So let's talk about. Let's talk about the story as a whole um, when it comes to the movie, I guess. I mean, it is a real-life story, so it's like, you know, I'm sure you've heard of this story before the, watching the movie, right? Like, you've heard of that. I mean, I'd heard of it. Right, but not the specific. Yeah. Yeah, like I didn't I, hear of the exact article or the that their story that they wrote, right? But sure. you just know generally about it, yeah. Yeah, and I I would say the way they put it all together to establish what Spotlight is, what they do, um, having the whole situation with a new editor coming in um, really kind of set the stage for, okay, that explains why this is kind of going in this direction a little bit. Um, But it was interesting how they would weave in the fact that he was Jewish Mm -hmm. and then the Catholic Church, and it was... It was really interesting to see all of the facets that were incorporated. You have the lives of the reporters and the the Boston Globe. You have the the priests. You have all of the uh, I wouldn't even the the victims, mm-hmm. right? You have that story, and then you have that that chasing after documents that are that are covered up. So you have attorneys, both good and bad. Mm-hmm. You have an entire community that helps cover something up because they don't want to smear the name of the Catholic Church. Right. And everything from one of the reporter's grandmothers to the school that Michael Keaton went to. Mm. I mean, it was just really well done how it weaved in the fact that these guys and this lady and, you know, these reporters have always lived or have been a part of that community for a long time, live and breathe it. And it affected them personally, not just with a desire to print a story. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just like the Catholic church is so integral in that community. Right. And a lot of communities, uh, especially at that time, like it was huge. And so I I love in the movie itself, the way the director lined up a a bunch of the shots. If you notice like a couple of times when they're talking to victims um, there's one in particular that he's, I think Mark Ruffalo is standing on a balcony talking to somebody and, and above them, you see it's, it's his balcony. And then right above him, the rest of the screen is just a Catholic church, just a random church, you know, and it just like adds to the effect. Like it's just looming over everybody all the time. And that happens several times throughout the movie. That's like, that's a good director. That's a very good point. Move. I mean, literally across the street from the Boston Globe is the school. Right. Yep. And it, it is, there's a church on every corner kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I really like that, like the directing style of that, of doing those little things to kind of add tension even, or, you know, looming feelings around it, you know? Sure. Cool. All right, let's talk about the acting. We've got some good, some really good actors really, in this movie. Really, good. Well, I mean, and they far exceeded my expectations, honestly. You know, 
I've I always know, knew Mark Ruffalo from like the Hulk or like a chick flick or like right, a, right. a rom com. He did a phenomenal job of yeah. showing just his passion for wanting to get the story out there. And then you have Michael Keaton saying, Hey, we gotta get this right and mm. trying to temper that situation and then you finally unfold while why um Robbie was so close to it and then Leif Schreiber's character and Rachel McAdams' character, like the way they all kind of poured into each of their uh in, into the victims and, and that desire to get it done and get it done right was just really, really well done. You listed off a, a good amount of them, but I'll list off some more. So you said Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, Leif Schreiber, is that how you say his mm-hmm. name? Leif. That was the that was the editor. Yeah. Um Stanley Tucci is great in this movie, I thought. Yes, he is. Um he starts off the movie as you I like did not this. recognize him. No, he's he looks very different, doesn't it? Um because I've seen him in a few things here and there. Like I know he's a bun- in a bunch of like older movies. Or not older, but older to me. Probably when you were like in high school or something, right? But <laughs> I see you shaking your head, but uh, I had to throw in a, a little age joke there. Uh, but Stanley Stanley Tucci is great. Like his character development or what they let you in. Like at the beginning, he seems a little crazy. Obviously, you think he's crazy? Like seems I just think he it's hectic. It's a it's a busy situation. It's a very danger or not dangerous, but it's like a a high pressure situation. Yeah, I mean definitely that. But he's also like. He look. He's a, he's definitely a character. Like he's not maybe crazy is the wrong word, but I guess he's, he's a, very a little eccentric. I mean. Eccentric. Yeah. He's just yeah. But that towards the end of the movie, like he has that really good line talking to Mark Ruffalo. He's like, "I'm not crazy. I'm experienced. I know what I'm talking about." You exactly. know, and yeah, you you find that out throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and then a couple other guys that I don't really. Uh, John Slatter Slattery. He is. Michael Keaton's friend in the newspaper. I don't know what job title that is. Like, not the editor, but underneath He's it. like I don't know. right underneath the editor, yeah. Yeah. Associate editor, maybe. I don't know. And then Brian James, I believe, is the other Brian DRC James. Member. He yeah. was really good. I've never seen him in anything before, but I thought he did a fantastic job. Okay, so I'll, I want to mention one last thing about the acting. Like, for me personally... I'm going to go down the list. Mark Ruffalo, I'm not really a big fan of Mark Ruffalo. I've never seen him in a movie that I'm like, oh, he's good. you know. And this was like the first movie that I was like, oh, he's great in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he might have been nominated for Best Actor, which I don't know if he deserves Best Actor for this role, but he was really good. Michael Keaton, I'm not a big fan of Michael Keaton. I know a lot of people are, right? <laughs> like, a lot of people who love the old Batman movies or a lot of his work in other stuff, I just... I haven't been a big fan of really any of his movies almost. He was great in this, right? Uh, Rachel McAdams, she's been in a couple things that I've actually really, really liked. Um, A couple chick flick type of movies that I was forced to watch with Katie. Like, (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, like one. Okay, I'm going to mention one. About Time. Did you ever watch that with Jennifer? Mm -hmm. That is an actually really good movie. Like, really good movie. She's in that. So, like, again, another actor that I haven't really seen a whole lot of, but she's never really stood out to me, but she was great in this, you know? So all that to say, like the acting was really good all the way around for me. Yeah, I, I would agree from, from beginning to end they they held the drama and the tension really well. Um, I had zero complaints about any of the actors. Even the side characters were very well acted. Yeah. One last thing. I just wanted to briefly mention um, the score because I, I thought the score is really good. It doesn't stand out. It's very subtle, 
Um, but it's really well done, I think. I would agree. Yeah, I think yeah. the score is good. Um, it helps helps you uh, keep the pace. Mm-hmm. Like it does yeah. a really good job of pacing you throughout the, the movie. Yeah, cool. All right, anything else you want to talk about before we get to favorite scenes? I mean... You know, it's it's hard to like break down anything else besides that. Like you, you don't really have any flaws. I don't really have any flaws for me personally. Yeah. So. You know, one of the things that I would say is the most um, intriguing things about this film. So aside from the fact that it's just really well done, this is one of the few films that had my attention through the title scenes at the end. Yeah. And I really wanted to read about it and the impact that it had on me reading those lines at the end Mm. is up there with any of the, like there are very few movies that put stuff like that at the end that I'm like, Oh, well that's whoop-de-doo big deal. You know? Right. Uh, Not this one. This one came with a punch, like a a real punch. And you're just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of the most important movies I've seen, you know? And when you tie in like sexual abuse with spiritual abuse, it's another layer of just crazy like there's a lot of times in the movies where the guys are the guys who were victimized are like hey uh somebody asked him well did you tell anybody and they're like what am i no. gonna tell a priest like yeah, yeah. because who am i that, gonna tell yeah that's the added layer of spiritual abuse that is just crazy to, well to the think same about. thing yeah. like if if a, a child is victimized by a teacher right, right? very similar yeah, it's a very important movie, and the the end credits are when they just list like all of the states and the countries, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's just it definitely hits, definitely hits you. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah. All right, let's move into favorite scenes. All right, I will let you go first as usual, so I get to basically steal all of your stuff. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> all right. Um, let me begin by saying they for as much good dialogue as there is there are still a couple of things scene wise that will not translate to a podcast sure one of them is when brian james's character Mm -hmm. sees the picture of the house and he puts the picture of that he's like oh my gosh he take he runs out around the corner and he finds the house and then he goes back home and puts it on his fridge and says don't go near this house Mm. like that's something you can't play on here but that one had had me like whoa that is that's intense like that's just how close everything is you know and then you see him later in the film he's the one who puts the newspaper on that doorstep good little tie like ending tie on that yeah that's a great little little scene i honestly thought that he was gonna go like burn it down or do something something crazy very yeah I wouldn't even call it irrational because it's not necessarily irrational. It's something illegal, right? It's yeah, a very definitely. rational response, the anger that he felt. But then the way he was able to harness that to what he was trying to accomplish, he knew that if he did something, it would affect the integrity of, of the entire article, right? Yeah. So that's something that you can't really put on a on a podcast because there's no no sound to it but that that really stuck with me um there's a couple of scenes that i thought were just really really good one of them was when they're meeting at the school Mm -hmm. and so when they're meeting at the school the school is across the street from the boston globe it's where one of the priests was the hockey coach and you know they're talking back and forth and it was originally supposed to just be the boston globe and then one other person like a friend of of robbie's and then it ended up being you know, a PR person and all of these different individuals that you could tell it was kind of a, a good old boys team environment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the back and forth there, 
trying to understand what was going on and how to deal with it was really, um, really intense because at the end, you know, they tried to divert it and start talking about, you know, but hey, this school means so much to the community. This, um, didn't you play sports here? And, and, you know, he was like, yeah, I played, I can't remember what sport, but then he was like, huh, I did this, I did that. And, uh, by the way, one of the victims played hockey. You know who was the hockey coach? So in, in, and just that moment was like, dude, that, that was intense. That was a really, um, really good scene where he used a victim's experience talking about someone who's strong, break, breaking down. Yeah. He was, he said like, I think the line was something like, you know, we must've gotten lucky, you know, he wasn't so lucky. So I guess we we got lucky you and me. Yeah. 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 Great scene. Yeah. We just want to know if it's possible that the president, the faculty, the board, that no one knew what was going on at the time. I graduated in 1979, and I had no idea about any of this. So if you're suggesting that Father Gibbons and Father Callahan had in any way... Gibbons and Callahan... I mean, they were in this place like the Navy. You really think they didn't know? <laughs> it's a big school, Robbie. You know that. And, and we're talking about seven alleged victims over, what, eight years? No, we're talking about, you know, seven that we know about. This is ridiculous. You're, you're reaching for a story Jack, here. We, Jack, know, Jack. If I had been president then, I would have known. Bill, I'm not sure that's relevant. Why do you think they sent Talbot up to Chevres? You know they wanted him out of town. <clears throat> Robbie, as well-intentioned as Bill's remarks are, I'm hoping we can keep this between us until we all get on the same page. Is that why we're here, to get on the same page? No, we're here because you're an important alumnus, Robbie, and a friend. Exactly. And we know you care about the school as much as we do. Did you play a sport here, Jack? Yeah, football. Why? Hmm. I ran track. You know, I went to Providence yesterday to talk to one of Father Talbot's victims. He played hockey here. And um, he was one of the better ones. He's got a wife, kids, good job. About 10 minutes into the conversation, guy breaks down, you know, couldn't stop crying. Said he could never figure out why Father Talbot picked him. Father Talbot coached the hockey team. So, I guess we just got lucky. You know me. So that was one. Another scene that I, I really, really thought was good. So you had mentioned Garabedian, who is the attorney, uh, yeah, Stanley Tucci. Tucci's character. Whenever they're sitting on the like a park bench while he's eating. Yeah, that's a great scene. Is that where he said that I'm not crazy, I'm experienced? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was that entire scene and then basically telling telling him, look, you can go check, but it's not going to be there. And then he's like, by the way, this is public record, so it should be there, but guess what? It's not, and I can't get them for you, but because it's public record, I'm not telling you what to do, wink, wink, but <laughs> you know, this is what you have to do. And that whole, um, that whole interchange between him and Mark Ruffalo uh, was really good because that really sets things in motion at a fast pace. Yeah, definitely. And then the last one that I had is when they're in, I don't know if they're in a basement or what, they're in an archives place. Mm-hmm. And they're going through all the books of the, the church. And they all of a sudden realize this person moved over here and they had this label. 
oh, well, what about this person? And then you see them going through and they're manually, individually highlighting all of these people and they come to the, the realization there's 90. Yeah. Not one, not three, not 13, 90. And the weight of that just kind of hits as they as they go through all of those lists and circle and highlight and then they have to go and get all of the um the detail right so Mm -hmm. um and a lot of that started with a conversation they had where someone said you know hey uh i'm estimating probably about 90 and they're like there's no way 90 there's no way it was 90 because no they people would know if it was 90 and then they start doing the research and they they come to like 87 yeah so I, I thought that was a really, really good section. Yeah, great scenes. Um, my, the first one I'll mention is kind of what you were getting at at the end. I think it's right before that scene where they're in the basement or right after, but they're talking to the ex-priest guy on the phone, and they're like, hey, we've we've done the research so far, and we found about 13 to 15 priests, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like, do you think that number's too high? And the guy on the phone's like, no, that's way too low. <laughs> and he's like, based on my number, 6% of all priests yes. act out like this. And they're like, okay, let's do the math. And it comes out to like around 90. And they're like, oh, goodness gracious, 90. Like you would think you people would know if it was 90, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of what you talked about. And that, and that goes into them looking through all the records and finding it's pretty close to 90. The other scene, so... Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams interviewing the victims. There's two victims back to back that kind of that lead is, to each other. That is tough to listen to. It's a tough listen. Yeah, it's and it's brutal. Yeah, like the the first one with Mark Ruffalo. I think that scene ends with him saying, "Hey, did you did you ever tell anybody?" And the guy was like, "Like what? Like who? A priest?" You know, and that kind of ends that scene. And then um, the other guy at the end of the scene, they're walking. Rachel McAdams and this this victim are walking. And they get to like a playground and, and it's a Catholic church playground. Yeah, He's like, yeah. look at that, you know, um, just those scene, those scenes are brutal and really important and good, you know. And then the last one, which is probably my favorite, is the scene bef- between Mark Ruffalo and Michael Keaton. Mark Ruffalo gets the letters that he gets them, the records or whatever. And he comes back. and He's like, hey, you can't read this letter any differently the the he knew what was happening and he did nothing about it right and michael keaton is like okay that's great but we don't have enough to for, to, for the full to put out the full story we're holding on the story and mike and they're just going back and forth and mark ruffalo is just getting super super angry because he doesn't you know, want to wait yeah. yeah he's just like it's time it's time and, and michael keaton's like no it's not you know that that scene is just really really good we got him you can't read these letters to think anything else. It, it's proof. Yeah, it is. This is good work. Should we take it up to Ben? Uh, no, not yet. Why not? We, we got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it, but we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. We don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters and butcher the story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. So we'll write a holding story and we'll keep our eye on the Herald. Keep our eye on the Herald? They run this and they get it wrong. The church will bury it. We got to do this now. Mike, Mike. What? Why why are we hesitating? Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. Then let's take it up to Ben, let him decide. 
We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew and they let it happen to kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. You finished? Yeah, I am. This is bullshit. And, and what's great about that scene is that's following up on the editor, Lee Schreiber, saying we need to go after the institution. Yeah. We can't just system. go after a person because that's what's going to go away. Right. right. If you go after a person, those people go away. But if you show that there were cover ups, if you show that and that's why they had to get background detail and supporting evidence for every single one that they were going to list. Yeah. All really good scenes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sweet. All right, um, let's do the potato rating. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what would you rate it? Eighty four to ninety four. I'll I'll be honest. This was a really, really good film. Um, probably a ninety four. Yeah, like it was that good. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Now it's a perfect. I don't I don't have any flaws. Like there's no scenes that I was like, ah, eh, you know, that wasn't acted well or that wasn't directed very well. It's a perfect movie in my in my book and I'm glad it won best picture. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know who was up against that year, but it was definitely deserving of of the win, I think. Yeah. Great great movie. We didn't really have any people commented. We had one person say like, "Hey, where can I watch this?" You know, like a lot of people haven't heard of it. I really don't think a lot of people have seen it, you know. Yeah. And so I hope people watch it. I hope more people watch it. I would so. agree. And it's free on Netflix right now. Even mm. if you don't have Netflix, it's worth renting. Yeah. You definitely. know, for like three ninety nine somewhere or like a red box or something like that. Definitely worth that. Yeah, we did have one message on Twitter from somebody that just said that it was really a really impactful movie. So, you know, it's uh, definitely an important important movie i think so yeah i would agree and it's just one of those situations where it the message of the movie is to victims need to make sure they speak up and people need to be willing to listen Hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter who the the problem is we live in a society that it's very easy to lie right and so because we've kind of cultivated that society people that get kind of screwed in that situation are actual real victims right and then they're not taken at their word or their face value for what they're telling you. And so it's a very sad situation. So the ability to flush out what's gone on can become very difficult to try to find that blurred line between reality and, and a lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's important here is listen. And if someone's willing to say something, especially of this nature, it's worth finding out if it's real. I mean, it's you, it's not something you can just let sit there. And the irony of that is that Robbie did. Robbie let it sit because mm. he was like, oh, that's either not real or, you know, you know what I mean? Like it was it, yeah, it's it's literally just... showing us the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do in right. those situations. Whether you're a victim or not, you have a responsibility. 100%. Yeah. Good words, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. So, um Jumping to what you're going to recommend, I hope it's something a little different than my dark movies that I've been listing. I hope it's something fun or not. I don't know. What are you recommending? So 
I was going to give you it's a it's a little bit of a tougher movie. Uh, I'm I'm not going to lie. It's, it's look the week after that I'm going to recommend an action movie. Like it will bring it down, you know. So you're capable of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have yet, except for John Wick, and you hated it. So <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably that's... why I don't recommend action movies or anything <laughs> like that because you hated the one action movie. I was like, for sure he's going to like this movie. <laughs> okay, so I believe I asked you this, so let me know if I got it wrong. Mm-hmm. But I want to. S- know if you've seen Gran Torino. No. I, okay. I, I know who's in it, but I haven't seen it. Okay. So you know who's in it. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's not a it's not a comedy. It's not an action. So that's why you made me second guess myself. I was like, man, I just need to kind of stick to my guns here on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm excited. Right. I've I've heard a lot about it. Okay. As as with most of the things you recommend, like I've heard things about it, I just never got around to watching it. So sure, that's why we do this. Cool. All right, send us an email: highly recommended pod at gmail dot com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at highly recommended podcast. Speak pot. Uh, gotta do that again. Excuse me, that Sp- say speak what pot. <laughs> <laughs> Speakpipe dot com slash highly recommended. Highly recommended pod. Reading is a very the... difficult thing to do. <laughs> Dang it. My five-year-old's learning. I understand. It's okay. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard. I did so well the whole, the whole rest of the show reading stuff. Like Archdiocese, that was a hard one. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, speakpipe.com slash highly recommended pod for the voicemail. All right. I think that's it, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You get on me for being old, I get on you for being a dummy. A <laughs> dummy, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm all right with that. I'd rather be dumb than old. <laughs> I got nothing on that. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace out. All right, we're done here. Nice mic drop. <laughs>